leading us recently to do an hour service. I've been finding out that God can do a whole lot in an hour. In fact, those of you all who are on that 545 to 615 prayer line five days a week know that God gets a whole lot done in 15 minutes of prayer and a word. And then those of you all who are joining us, uh, with Brother John Finn's leadership, Dr. Wusu, on our intercessory prayer every Friday night, Pastor Stephen's vision, every Friday night, we get a whole lot done in 30 minutes. Amen. Amen. If y'all ain't heard John Finn pray, you ought to, you ought to dial in. Amen. Raise them right. All right. Minister Lepps read the text for the day. Y'all holler back at me today. I, I'm sure you won't be here long. <laughs> verse 20 from Luke chapter 2. Pastor Leo read the entire text. But verse 20, I want to shine the somatic spotlight there for our remaining time together. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told, as it was told them. And I want to preach this for a little while on this Christmas morning from the Serbs topic. Oh, come. Y'all can finish that. Let us adore him. Amen. Don't come. Let us adore him. Let us love him. Let us reverence him. Let us pay the homage to him that he is due. In the setting of our text, Caesar Augustus sent out a decree to the whole world that they should be registered. Now, that, that would be our modern-day census. You know, you get them little things in the mail say, this is what you got to do. You need to register but that's where it was, except for they enforced it more strictly. Caesar wasn't playing, Augustus wasn't playing. He meant Reggie, he meant everybody was to be there. And if you weren't there, there would be consequences. Well, Joseph and Mary, being good law-abiding citizens, went to Bethlehem to register. While she was there, she gave birth to Jesus, her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloth, put it, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the end. Now, around that same time, there were shepherds uh, watching over their flocks by night, and they, and they were approached by an angel who said, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. I love that. He said, This is going to be for all people. Nobody's going to be left out. All people. And he says that today in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, has been born and you when you go there you will find him wrapped in swaddling claws and lying in a manger i read a quote from max lakato some time ago and it states if our greatest need had been for information god would have sent us an educator <laughs> if our greatest need had been for technology god would have sent us a scientist. My, my. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need, since our greatest need was for forgiveness, oh, there'll be somebody. God sent us a savior. Jesus Christ, the Lord, who was adored by lowly shepherds on the first Christmas morning, they adored him. Shepherds worship him. That's, that, that comes out of that adoration piece. They, they adored him. They worship him. They stood in awe of him. That, that, that awestruckness of 
God flows out of our adoration for him. And can I tell y'all something? We ought not stand in awe of anybody but God. We say awesome for everything. The potato pie was awesome. The fried chicken was awesome. The grief was awesome. That basketball player is awesome. That football player. No, 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 no. Awesome is reserved for God and God alone. Awesome. So they, they were awestruck. They loved him to the highest degree. That flowed out of that adoration. They regarded him with the utmost esteem. How did shepherds demonstrate their adoration? Jesus. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to share just three ways with you today. The first way the shepherd adored Jesus was through investigation. That, that's how they adored him, through investigation. Notice fifth, fifth, verses 15 and 16. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherd said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see. That's that investigation. Let us go and see. This thing has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with great haste. I love that. They didn't hesitate. They weren't playing around. They came with great haste. And, and when they got there, they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now watch this, y'all. This is so interesting to me. They stopped what they were doing. They put their personal agendas on hold. They traveled to Bethlehem to see Jesus for themselves. They heard the angelic host say in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men, but that was not enough. They had to see Jesus for themselves. Mama told me about him. Grandma told me about him. But I had a need to see him for myself. That's what's going on here. They had to see Jesus for themselves. Now imagine how the shepherds must have felt as they investigated the joy of their salvation. Had they stayed home? Had they stayed tied to their routines? Stuck on usual? Content with normal? They would have missed a miracle. I submit to you today that many people are missing the miracle because they're stuck on normal. That they're refusing to investigate. They would have missed a miracle. And, and they would have denied themselves the joy of meeting Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem. But to the credit of these lowly and despised herdsmen, these were not the elite of society. These were lowly and despised herdsmen. To their credit, they stepped away from the standard. They opted out of the ordinary. They took leave of the typical and collectively declared in verse 15, let us now go to Bethlehem and see. In other words, let us go to Bethlehem and investigate. Let us go to Bethlehem and check it out for ourselves. This thing, this, this marvelous event, this, this mysterious action, this miraculous phenomena that has come to pass which the Lord made known to us. They, they talk about investigation. They said, let's go probe. Let's go explore. Let's go survey. Let's go see Jesus for ourselves. So you see the shepherds made 
they made plain the point. Here it is. They made plain the point that adoration of Jesus is always accompanied by investigation of Jesus. Here it is. Here it is. When we adore Jesus, we will investigate him. That's good. We will read his word. That's investigation. Y'all read through your one new Bible? That's investigation. When you adore him, you will investigate him. You will explore him. You will try to get to know him better if you really adore him. That's what happened to Sister Pickett. She, she investigated She wanted to get to know me better. She did examination. That's what happened. Because investigation always comes on the heels of an adoration. If there's no adoration, typically there's no investigation. People just leave you alone. They don't, they don't want to be around. They're not interested in learning anything about you. So they probe his ways and will be according. Probe his ways. Right? We will read his word. We will, that's when we adore him. But nothing happens. When we adore him, we probe his way. And we explore his will. We worship him. We honor him. With our lips and with our lives. We honor him with our word and with our walk. I know that word and I walk. Then, y'all, the world will see that the church, we the baptized believers of Jesus Christ, we the ecclesia, the called out community, we as individual believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will see that we really adore him. But second, the second way the shepherd adored Jesus was through proclamation. Verse 17 says, listen carefully, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Notice when the shepherds saw baby Jesus lying in the manger, they loved him, they revered him, they adored him, and out of that adoration came the passionate proclamation. Out of the adoration flowed the burning desire to tell other people about Jesus. We can only imagine what Mary and Joseph told them. But I'm sure they told him that, that listen, this baby is from God. Listen, we were confused. We, we didn't understand it, but the angel spoke and straightened things out. Listen, the angel said, Mary would say, in, in Luke 137, for with God nothing. Ah. With God, nothing is impossible. We need some of that at Christmas time, don't we? With God, nothing is impossible. Well, this 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 proclamation of, of these shepherds, they remind me of Philip, who met an Ethiopian eunuch, who had been who had just left the temple in Jerusalem, and the eunuch had been there, but he didn't understand what was going on. It's kind of like sometimes people come to church. And they don't really understand. So what happened was he, the, 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 the Philip met him. The Spirit said, you go out there on that desert road. He met the eunuch out there. He preached Jesus to the eunuch. And you know what happened? The eunuch went all the way back to Ethiopia, went all the way back to Africa, and began to proclaim. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he began to proclaim. 
he began to make widely known what he had learned there on that road. Well, not only that, this story also reminds me of the woman of Samaria. She's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Because she had lived a messed up life. The Bible says that she had five husbands. Now, we don't know if he done died or if he done just left. We don't know if she just got up out of there. And she said, that's it. Bro, I ain't putting up with you no more. You, you been hanging out? You been tipping? You been, I, I'm not putting We don't know what happened, but we know she had five husbands, five men, five times she had said, I do. Five times that perhaps a brother had slipped the ring on her finger. Five failures in a relationship, perhaps. Then she met Jesus. Jesus told us, now, if you don't have five, but the man you living with, he ain't your husband. And Jesus talked with her and fellowship with her and told her that he was the living water. And after that meeting, the Bible says she left her water pot. Y'all know what the sister did? She heard it back to Samaria. And when she got over there, this is what she did. She proclaimed to everyone who would listen, come see a man who told me all I've ever done. This must be the Christ. Yeah, she, she proclaimed. She proclaimed, surely this is the Christ. Son of God, surely he is the Savior of the world. Well, y'all, that's what adoration of Jesus will do for us. That's what it'll do. When you love him, when you are committed to him, when you are grateful to him, you will find yourself proclaiming his glorious gospel. You will find yourself telling people about Jesus. You will find, when you love him, you will find yourself telling people, oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. He sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest thing on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. When you love him, you're going to proclaim him. When you love him, you're going to talk about him. You might be on the basketball court, but after a while, you're going to tell somebody about Jesus. You might be playing football, but in the locker room, you're going to have some scripture. You're going to tell somebody about Jesus who brought you from no place to some place, made something out of your messed up life. South Carolina. As I looked at that little house, I thought about how big it was to me when I was growing up. I think about now my grandparents who've gone on to be with the Lord. And I looked at that little house and then I thought about where God had brought me from. I thought about the doors that God had opened for me. I thought about how God blessed me abundantly above all that I can ever ask of faith. I just got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. That's what happens to you. When you're committed to Jesus, when you're grateful to him, 
you will find yourself proclaiming his glorious gospel wherever you go. You can't help but tell somebody. Anybody, everybody who will listen what the Lord has done for you. When you adore him, when you really love him, you won't talk about him. Well, the third and final way today the shepherds adored Jesus was through celebration. Verse 20 reveals, then they then, the shepherds returned, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Notice the wording of the text, if you will. The glory and praise of the shepherds was not grounded in hearsay. The glory and praise of the shepherds was not embedded in superficial or speculative guesswork. No, to be sure, the shepherds met Jesus in Bethlehem for themselves. Their relationship with him was real, personal, and practical. He was the long-awaited Messiah of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke in Isaiah 9 and 6 when he wrote, for unto us the child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yes, yes, yes. He is the one whom Michael too declared as the everlasting ruler of Israel from that little town of Bethlehem. He was the one of whom Zechariah 99 declared would make his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He was the one of whom the angel Gabriel spoke in Luke 1, 30 and 31, when he said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Well, what a grand celebration that must have been. What a grand celebration that must have been as the shepherds left Bethlehem. Glorifying and praising God. That's how it is when you meet Jesus for yourself. When you have a personal encounter with Jesus. Glorifying and praising him is what you do. I don't care where you are. If, you, if you've had a counter with him and adoring him, glorifying him is what you do. Yeah, yeah, you're you going to glorify him. Well, some years ago, I'm baiting myself a little bit. It was cool in the game. It's a group called Cool in the game. Some of the younger folk may not know them, but they were jumping back when I was in school. Cool in the game. And they recorded a song. I mean, every time they played this song, I don't care who you were, folk got up and headed towards the dance floor. You might have been feeling bad when you got up in there. But when they spawned Cool in the Game song Celebration, everybody got up. Yeah. They, they, this is what this is what they said, and they, they had the costumes on, y'all. They said, "Now, now there's a party going on right here, a celebration last all year. So bring your good time and your laughter too, because we're going to celebrate 
It's not about gifts under the tree. It's not about the mistletoe. It's not about Rudolph and Santa and his sleigh. Rather, it's about Jesus. Yeah! This celebration! 